Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. Hi, my name is Jennifer Jordebrek and I'm the Assistant Director at the North Liberty Community Library. This is the first podcast in our Libraries and Literacy series and we're excited to kick it off with the Marion Public Library. Our guest speakers are Olivia Stoner, Laura Molers, and Jackie Tracy. They're all librarians at the library and we're glad you guys can join us today. Thanks. Hi. (laughs) Before we begin, can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do at the library? Hi, I'm Olivia Stoner and I am the Children's Services Coordinator at the Marion Public Library. Um, So that means I get to help with the leadership team, so I do a lot of the kind of big picture planning sort of stuff. I'm also um, embedded in the community. I serve on a couple of um, different boards for um, child abuse awareness and things like that. And um, I also am a mother of two little boys. I have a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, and then a seven-month-old, so um, I'm busy. (laughs) Um, I get to do story times at the library too. I usually do baby time, so that's the little ones up to 18 months. Um, And then I fill in for for other um, story times as well. And we are also doing some outreach, so I get to go to a couple of schools in the area and do some outreach story times there as well. So kind of do all the different things. (laughs) Okay, great. And Laura? Hi, my name is Laura Mollers, and I'm the full-time library children's assistant. Uh, Kind of born and raised in the library, I lived a few blocks from our old Carnegie branch, and then my first job was as a bookshelver at our current location, and I just celebrated my 18th anniversary at the library. So my job is to um, do a lot of in-house programming. I do preschool and toddler story times. I also do outreach to our local daycares and preschools. And then I also do quite a bit of work with our catalog system. So I assist with helping to get our new books and materials out on the shelves as quickly as possible. Great. Thanks. And Jackie? Hi, my name is Jackie Tracy. I have a degree in early childhood education. I've only been working in the library for two years. Most of my experience has been done through teaching preschool and daycare. Um, I've worked with children since I was in high school many, many years ago. And um, I'm currently, my job title is children's specialist assistant. And basically I'm the part-time assistant and I do preschool outreach. I do toddler time work at the children's desk, and assist Laura with cataloging. Okay, great. Well, we're, again, very excited to have um, our literacy experts here with us today to uh, to talk a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, we have our Library and Literacy podcast, and they're going to be a series, and we're going to focus on a specific early literacy skill on each one of them. There are six early literacy skills, and children need to learn these so they're prepared to learn to read and write. And we're going to talk about what each skill means, and it'll be in terms that parents and caregivers understand. We're gonna talk about why it's important for kids to learn that skill and what libraries do to support that. And today, we're going to start the series off talking about phonological awareness. So unless you're a teacher or um, speech person, you may not know what phonological awareness is. So Olivia, can you share with our listeners what that means? Sure. So basically, the way I explain phonological awareness, it sounds kind of intimidating, but really it's just the sounds of words. 
So breaking down sounds into parts. So if my name is Olivia, so that's four syllables, so it's O-L-I-V-I-A. So um, one of the things that I do in my baby story time is we do introductions on a drum and we get to um, pound on the drum the syllables of our name. So that's just an easy way to break down um, the way we talk into smaller parts because once kids understand that there's different sounds that they hear and those sounds coordinate with the words that that we're saying, then they'll understand language. So, yeah. That um, <laughs> is an excellent way to describe what that means. Um, so can we talk about why it's important for parents and caregivers to understand what this skill means? Sure. So. Um, Actually, I think a lot of parents already kind of understand just innately how to speak to their kids. They call it parentese, where you, when you're talking to a baby, you slow down your speech a little bit. You get a little higher tone in your voice because you're saying, hey, baby, how are you? You know, you're kind of raising and lowering your tone so that they hear the way you're speaking and they pay more attention to you and um, they can see your mouth moving slower and things like that. So, so I think parents already kind of understand that, oh yeah, we need to slow down the way we're speaking because they're learning they're they're taking in what we're saying um, so if if parents understand how to break down that those little parts of speech then they'll understand how to help their kids understand the those sounds if that makes sense mm -hmm. so. well and uh, caregivers and parents are their children's first teacher and mm -hmm. so if we can help them be more confident in that role and kind of put like you said um, you just kind of naturally know maybe that's what you should be doing if mm -hmm. we can kind of help explain that a little bit more and expand it I think that just helps give their kiddos a head start and right. um, get them ready to be prepared to learn yeah and I think it's also really encouraging too because if they already are doing things and then we say oh yeah that's exactly what you should be doing then it's kind of a encouragement to them like oh I'm already singing songs to my baby oh I didn't realize that was building their phonological awareness so so that's just kind of um, reinforcing things that are already happening or encouraging them to do things that maybe they didn't think about doing so sure sure so why is it important for our kids to to learn that phonological awareness literacy skill it is one of the basis for reading it's the beginning reading it um, it helps them understand what the different letters represent and although phonological awareness is about what we hear, it transfers over when they begin to write. So if they understand what the sounds are, then it'll help them figure out the letters that represent them. Um, children who are phonologically aware can break down to words into smaller units and breaking those words down help them spell and read later in life. That's um, very important to know because it all kind of starts in the beginning and unfortunately if uh, children start school behind, um, they tend to stay behind and um, having those early literacy skills are so important for their future happiness, success in school, what jobs they pursue. So it really kind of has a snowball effect and it's a, a great thing to get right from the get-go to get started with them. Mm -hmm. So how does the library help not only kiddos, but the parents and caregivers with uh, this phonological awareness? Sure, Laura, go ahead. So we also provide, in, a, in addition to our regularly programmed story times and things like that, we have printouts that we send home with the parents that basically gives them confirmation of what they learned in story time, how they can take it home and keep the learning going. And it also kind of gives them that 
um, confidence boost to say, yeah, it's okay if I sing and, and rhyme and make funny noises and really goof around with my kid because they're learning as they're doing this. There's no wrong way to talk to your child. There's no wrong way to sing to your child because it's all building that phonological skill that they're going to need when it comes time for them to sit in a classroom setting, look at a teacher, focus on a story, and really start breaking down those words into print awareness, which is another early literacy skill. Mm -hmm. And so by using these resources, they feel that they can take this home and be confident in how they're doing it as well. We also have a lot of phonics books in our library so that if they really want to take it that next step and start breaking down, like say, compound words, they can also take that home and really work it into the way that they're reading and talking to their child. Because they may go to a grocery store and say, oh look, there's a banana. Banana starts with B, B like as in boy and boat and barbecue and you know, really reinforcing the fact that they're talking to their children because their child is always listening. Even when they don't look like it, <laughs> they're always listening. So by giving them those resources to take home, they can feel confident in what they're doing because, as you said before, they are the first teacher. Mm -hmm. That's so important. And, you know, parenting, you kind of learn as you go. You know, there are <laughs> books and manuals out there and stuff, but till you have that little tyke in your arms and stuff, it's, you know, you just kind of go with it. So if you can mm -hmm. kind of be aware before or as you're going, that's why it's so important to bring them to story time, even from the very beginning, mm -hmm. is to just start um, immersing them in that environment. Mm -hmm. I think the librarians do a wonderful job with story times and incorporating those literacy skills throughout. I had a comment about that. Sure. Um, the basic simpleness of phonological awareness is, is that it is rhymes, alliterations, length of words, how we hear the words. And even at the very youngest age, when Olivia is working with the babies for baby time, she's doing rhymes every day. She's doing songs every day. She is breaking them down. She mentioned she does the drums. And that that's the basis of a lot of our story times. Um, they are very rich in rhyme and song. And we may clap things out. We I do shaker eggs with the kids, and we shake along as we sing the words. Um, that's the basis of our story time, and that's the reason we do story times the way we do with the mm -hmm. rhymes and songs and the silly words in the mm -hmm. books is because it does teach the phonological awareness, which is a building block. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple ways that kids learn those skills, um, mm -hmm. talking, singing, you know, or a few just as you were mentioning. So um, playing with words is a huge one. So, you know, those crazy Dr. Seuss words that you're like, ah, I can never say them. But even if you mess it up, just like those rhyming words, those little bits of language that might not even mean anything, your child is picking up on, oh, but that does rhyme with this word that I do know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about, um, how we do it with older kids because the younger kids there is a lot of singing and rhyme and stuff mm -hmm. as the older kids it can be breaking down words and I can hear Laura doing a story time in my mind and as she's reading a long word that the kids might not hear every day she mm -hmm. will break it down to them oh my gosh have you ever heard this word before and break it down slowly that's a long word and I I can hear her voice explaining words to kids and how they break down mm -hmm. and so it's not just the simple rhymes and stuff it's breaking down bigger words that they don't hear every day that they might not have heard if they wouldn't have read this book and expanding mm -hmm. their vocabulary with different words and sounds mm -hmm. 
Um, other besides story times, there's mm -hmm. summer reading programs that mm -hmm. many libraries do. Um, at North Liberty, we have early literacy computer stations. Mm -hmm. yeah, we do too. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're at Marion. So that's a wonderful, um, you know, in this age of technology, mm -hmm. you know, another way to help engage the children and get them interested in that. And if you have a technology loving child, there's also databases that a lot of times you can have access to with the access of your library card. At Marion, we have um, a wonderful database called Tumble Books, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it teaches not only phonological awareness and print awareness, but it also gives your child control over their learning speed. So if they're not comfortable yet looking at a book and realizing that these words make up my story, the program will read it to them. And it will highlight the words as it says it. it breaks them down into the syllables like we've been talking about but as the child gets more comfortable listening to the story and controlling the way the story goes it gives them the option to start and stop so that they can control how fast it goes and they can watch the words come on the screen or it will actually give them the option to turn the sound volume off and then they can read the story at their speed and it lets them also stop and say you know I don't know that word and they can press the play button and it will read it to them and give them that chance to hear it mm -hmm. see it in real time and learn at their speed which is a wonderful thing that you can get and there are mm -hmm. many programs that are out there for you to download in your App Store and Google Play and things like that but a lot of these databases are free through your library mm -hmm. so if you have your library card check into your children's desk check into your children's department see what they have because a lot of times they do have these free resources for you mm -hmm. I wanted to add to just your librarians are a resource that yeah, that's you can true. That's come true. to anytime because like you said, we are experts. We don't try and, you know, be like, oh, I know better than you. But we right. do have a lot of resources that you might not be aware of. Or if you're just like, hey, I'm looking for rhyming books, but I'm sick of Dr. Seuss. We have huge Many. lists. We can find <laughs> much easier ones, much harder ones. Like, we can find whatever you're looking for. So please, please, whenever you come into the library, stop in, say hi. We love to talk to people and find what you're looking for. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Olivia, because I know sometimes they don't want to bother the librarians mm -hmm. or you know but they're, they're never not bothering us we please, job. <laughs> please bother us yes. likely talking to you about what you're wanting to do is going to be a lot more interesting than what we're currently doing <laughs> so if you see us at a desk by all means stop say hi introduce us to your family or yourself and ask us you know is there anything that you need help with is there anything that you want to discuss that you're not sure about we're more than happy to give you a little reassurance, give you a little mm -hmm. guidance, and sometimes it's just nice to have an inside connection to your library and where you can feel comfortable coming to us. You know, oh, my child loves Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but if I read that one more time, I'm gonna go insane. It's like, oh, let's find you something else that your kid will also like. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back later and we can really work on anything harder as it comes up. Mm -hmm. You know, you may have a child that when they get to school, isn't really sure about listening to the stories. They'd much rather sit in a lap and have it run on one. Well, we can work with you to help make that transition from story time, your personal life at home, your ability to read to a classroom setting where they're suddenly, you know, one of many and they may not be used to that correlation yet. I think it's good for the kids to know they can always 
come to us and ask us mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. and the parents should always feel comfortable too we do get quite a bit oh i didn't want to interrupt you you're not interrupting me this is my job that's why i'm here is to help you mm-hmm. and honestly sometimes we get really 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 excited about new resources mm-hmm. or one that we didn't realize all it did and we love sharing it mm-hmm. uh, and that's true um i in a past library careers was a children's librarian and so whenever i fill in here um for story time i love doing that and i always play a tumble book towards the end and it's amazing a lot of people still aren't aware like we try to share our resources and get that word out but many people still don't know about that so thank you very much Laura for sharing that because they're like oh this is really cool and we you know there's so many books and they have videos now on there too mm-hmm. and they have chapter books for older app, kids which is so great oh, because okay. when you're out and about and you're like how do I distract my toddler while I'm waiting in line you can bust out your phone and it's a book it's not just some random game they get to actually maybe learn a little bit they can see those words on the screen and oh, take cool. it all in so, and yeah. they're always adding new materials mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's not you know cat on the mat is flat mary sat (laughs) on her mat you know it's not the same old stories a lot of times they're current titles that your kid may know and love from being at story time or from you just browsing your library shelves Mm -hmm. and this is a way for them to get that book that they know and love Mm -hmm. but in a different format and like olivia said you know it's not like you're busting out youtube or some weird you know dollar 99 game that has all these pop-up ads that you don't get to control Mm -hmm. this is something that is completely locked down for your family's safety there will never be an ad on there that you can't control and it's a way for you to feel good about giving your child access to technology in a world where technology is being completely overrun and so much of it is not good for you this is a way to take a forward step with it and say actually technology is good in the right Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. definitely and I always point out too like if your kiddo's sick and not feeling too well you don't Mm -hmm. have to bring them out and come to the library Mm -hmm. to pick something out to read they can just you know listen to it being read Mm -hmm. to them so we've discussed tumble book a lot but it's important to remember there are a lot of other resources we have also that we can guide you to Mm -hmm. and one of my current favorite that a co-worker shared with me mm-hmm. is Novel Effect, which is not through the library in a completely oh. free app you can get. And it adds music to, as you read the book, it, there are certain triggers with your voice. It'll add music and sound effects to the background. Oh, I think you. it's really, really fun <laughs> and adds a new dimension to your reading at home. And that's a great one for families who um, may not be comfortable reading aloud or where English may not be a uh, first language because it's listening to the, your trigger voice. So it'll ask you to say a specific word and whenever it hears you get to that word the way you said it, it will bring the next part of the story alive. So if you've got, you know, grandma who doesn't speak English really well, mm-hmm. but it, if grandma's reading the story and it hears her make the sound that it's waiting for, it will continue to add to the story for the family. And so it's a really wonderful way for people to build not only their reading skills, but it also adds an extra dimension to story time. And that's also one you can use on the go too, because mm-hmm. there are Um, You can use your own book to read it, or there are ones that, um, there's a few free ones, and there are a few that you can purchase, like if you'd purchase a a book 
like you purchase a, like any book that you download there if you purchase a kid's book you can do through there but you don't have to you can use a book or their free ones on their site but it's something again you can do on the go if you end up waiting in a line that you didn't expect to be waiting in and you've got a toddler to entertain mm -hmm. this is a quick way to entertain it and chances are you'd entertain everybody in line with <laughs> <laughs> right well i wasn't aware of that app so i'm gonna have to check that out thanks for it's sharing on my that. phone i'll share it okay. <laughs> As just another aside, beyond the apps and the technology and the story times and things like that, definitely check with your local library. A lot of times they're doing other programs to promote literacy that you may not know about. I know at a lot of libraries, including the Marion Public Library, we have the Thousand Books mm -hmm. Before Kindergarten, mm -hmm. which really gives incentives for parents and families to work with their child to reach that thousand books before kindergarten, which a lot of educators and scholars have said, listening to a thousand books really prepares your child for classroom learning. And so it could be the same book a thousand times, it could be a thousand <laughs> different books. And really, if you're reading to your child one book every day, starting from when they're born, they'll have their thousand books in the first three years of life. You can read three books a day and get it done in a year. It just really depends on how comfortable you and your child are with sitting down and sharing the love of reading with each other. And by reading together over and over, hearing the sounds of your voice, seeing the words on the page, feeling the feel of an actual book in their hands, it will really build the skills that they need to start learning, especially in a classroom setting. Laura commented on um, you may be reading the same book repeatedly. Mm -hmm. That's great. It doesn't, I mean, yes, mm -hmm. as parents, sometimes you're like, oh, again. But it, it doesn't matter if you read the same book and over and over again. If they're enjoying reading and listening to you and having that time together, then go ahead and read it one more time. And when they get to the point where they're comfortable and they know when you're fooling them by skipping a page, <laughs> you hand them the book and you have them read it to you. It's a way to turn that learning around so that they're not only listening to you read, but now they're comprehending it and reading it back to you. And that's a way that you can keep the learning going. Mm -hmm. That's great. The North Liberty Library does the thousand books as well. Uh, we also offer the Reads program, which is geared towards expecting families, and it um, encourages them to start getting into that reading routine even before baby arrives. Um, as parents, most of us haven't read aloud in a number of years or decades, um, mm -hmm. and you know probably feel a little uncomfortable or nervous about it. So. Um, again, like with learning about these early literacy skills, if you can do that before they're in school and they're ready and you can start reading before they even arrive or while you're waiting for their arrival, you'll be more confident, you know, once they are in your arms. Um, and so the Reads program is uh, available at the North Liberty Library um, and you can find out more information, stop in and, and talk with the librarians. Um, and so I'm going to point out that yeah. I did a read aloud on vacation this year with my 16 year old just because, just because they're older doesn't mean you can't do yeah, it um, sure. we mm -hmm. we had saw the play Hamilton and um, we read a book oh. about Hamilton and we were going to be in the car for a while so she read to me as I drove and then when we got there I read to her and we finished the book on the drive back she read to me and it was a good bonding moment 
for her as she's older. So don't so don't think yeah, it's don't just got to be your babies. When they can read, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in school funny. and yeah. even in high school, they're reading, you know, yeah. out loud. The teachers are yeah. reading to them and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that's an excellent point because you might, again, feel awkward, you know, mm-hmm. reading to the, to the older kids. But mm-hmm. great bonding time for them. And Never feel awkward reading to your children because if you ever want to see a professional weirdo reading to kids, come on by the library. We'll show you how this can get really weird really fast. You can't do anything that we haven't seen. And I can guarantee the sillier and more expressive you are, the better your stories, the more your kids will get attached to it, and the more fun you'll have as well. So never be afraid to add a silly voice. Make your face look weird. You know, really get expressive when something strange happens and just let the fun happen because it doesn't have to be plopping your child in a in a chair and forcing them to listen to a story. Mm-hmm. It can really be a way to bond with your child. Yeah, and also on the flip side of that, if you don't feel like you can do the voices or you struggle with, oh, you know, I might mispronounce something or anything like that, even if it's just five minutes a day to start off with, just try. And I, my seventh month old is not super into being read to right now. He just wants to be everywhere. Um, So we try and give him toys and, you know, try and distract him while he's being read to, um, which our older child, he loved just like sitting in our laps and then we'd go through and he would turn the pages when he was like a little baby and all this stuff. And so it's just a very different, like everyone's unique and your kid might not want to sit, but that is okay. You can still read to them while they're playing with other toys, while they're doing other things. Don't make it a chore. Don't make them, oh, you have to sit and look at every picture and watch me point to everything. The librarian said I had to read you three books today, (laughs) by golly. Exactly. So, So yeah, it should always be fun. It should always be an enjoyable activity. If it's not at the moment, maybe take a break, come back to it. If you, you know, are tripping over a word, be like, oh, that's silly. I don't know that word. Let's look it up, you know. So so never feel embarrassed or that, yeah, you have to, you know, do an amazing British accent for this character and things like that. You don't have to do all of that. But it is more fun if you get into it and mm-hmm. get excited about it. And ask questions, too, because when you're looking at pictures, maybe instead of reading what's on the page, just say, hey, what do you see in this picture? What do you think this story is about? And let your child interact with the book in a different way than they usually do. I think... I 100% agree with everything Miss Olivia <laughs> just said. Um, I have had been reading a book to four-year-olds, and they've corrected the way I said a dinosaur <laughs> name before. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's okay <laughs> if you don't say things correctly. It shows them you're human. We all, you know, are learning and growing. Right. And as far as and my toddler time that I do at the library. Again, they don't all sit. I don't expect them all to sit. They're toddlers. I think it's still good for them to see me reading the book, and they still hear it. And you can tell they're paying attention even when they're running around, Mm -hmm. because sometimes they'll stop and react to what I just read. (laughs) Or this week, there was a kid back behind who did not seem to be paying attention at all and when I said a certain animal he stopped and roared and you know and <laughs> he was paying attention it's just he was being a toddler sure sure and we're not pinning all of this on on your local librarian or you as a parent or um, the caregiver grandparents as well mm-hmm. current siblings mm-hmm. everyone in the whole family is encouraged really and it's it's a great time to, to take turns and share that reading time with each other so um, I didn't when my younger kiddos were little you know 
recognize that as much, you know, and when they're in elementary school, they have to read, you know, 20 minutes a night or, or some form of that. So that's a great time if you're expecting to, you know, ask that current child to kind of read to their sibling and, um, you know, they both will benefit from that. So um, would you ladies want to share with our listeners about any upcoming fall events or programming that you um, have coming up at the library? So in October, um, we have a parenting class starting up. We're partnering with the Parent Education Consortium. Um, They're through the Iowa State University um, Extension. And um, they do parenting classes that are free that involve you get a free meal. And then there's a parent-child activity. And then there's child care while the parents um, talk about parenting issues that might come up. Um, I think this one's specifically about one, two, three magic, which is like a a form of um, correction and discipline um, but we've we've offered several of their classes before and they've always been super popular so it's a six-week class and um, and yeah it's a lot of fun the the facilitators are always really great and they leave lots of open-ended like if you're just like how do I get my child to eat anything other than goldfish you know <laughs> things like that so so um, it's just a good time to to converse with other adults and not just your kiddos and um, talk about things that that are really happening right now um, and get some tools that can help at home. Um, Do you need to register for that ahead of time? Yes, so registration is through our website. You can click on the link and it'll take you to the Parent Education Consortium website and you can sign up there. Okay. But it's all free, so. Okay, and what is the Marion Library website? Yes, it is marionpubliclibrary.org, all one word. Um, So yeah, there's... It should be on our events calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you link. ever want to join in on a, on some of our um, programming or seeing at some of our resources, there is a children's tab right on the front page of our website, which has places for you to suggest material to the librarians, ask them for assistance in pulling something from your homeschooling group, also has links to all those resources that we were talking about, and has some really good early literacy tips on it as well. Okay, that's good to know. And if if we share, our libraries share, we're all pretty close in proximity, yes. um, so we share patrons, so uh, feel free to go and try out different story times at other mm-hmm. local libraries mm-hmm. as well, Definitely, if it fits yeah. your schedule or mm-hmm. age range, kind of, so um, you don't have to be a City of Marion right. patron Absolutely. in order to come in yeah, and we use your library. From all over a lot of so. times your state actually has a, a, a library tax that if you pay a library tax in your hometown, a lot of times you have equal access to libraries across the state. So if you're going to visit Grandma in Northeast Iowa, or if you're going out to Sioux Falls to see Aunt Joanne, by all means, stop in at their library. See if it's something that you can have access to, or have better yet, have your family member go with you and say, oh, this is grandma's library. Let's take a look and see what's there. Join in at a story time. See somebody else doing one. Jump in on an after-school program. See what's available because every library has different skill sets, different resources, and as always, we're here to serve the public. So if you've got a question, stop in and talk. We are there to help. That, um, this is kind of off topic and back a little bit, but we had a grandparent stop in on Friday and they were looking for books for when their kid, um, their grandchildren came into town. 
And um, I suggested an elk kit to them because with our elk kits, um, their early literacy kits is what it stands for. It comes with a few activities and a few books. And that's something that the grandparent doesn't have to go out and purchase something to entertain a kid that they might see come for a weekend or something like that. And so they could take that home and use these kits with them. And there's labels on them like this one's good for two year olds or one-year-olds or preschoolers and it may have a puzzle it may have um, that always has several books but it has some kind of activity and something to do and I think that's a great resources a lot of our regulars use them with their children but I think it's a great resources for grandparents so grandparents should always remember that yeah feel free to come in and talk to us too if you have a grandkid coming in their chances are we have something going on or something that can help Mm -hmm. you have time with your children yeah or if you know they love princesses you can get a couple princess books to read at bedtime with them. So you probably don't have a bunch of those on your shelf anymore, but you can always come to the library and we'll find you something that that your grandkids would really enjoy or your nieces or nephews or whoever. And for free. Yep, for free. And one of the things that the Marion Public Library has is that every week we also have a family time program, which is um, an intergenerational program for the entire family. So it could be for babies, it could be for two-year-olds, it could be for kindergartners, all the way up to school. And what it is is it's a chance for anybody to come and do a program. And sometimes it's a craft, sometimes it's games, sometimes it's puzzles, sometimes it's a movie. And it's a way for you to spend time together as a family, doing something out in your community. Or sometimes it's just about getting out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, in the wintertime, everybody gets a little cabin wacky here in Iowa, mm-hmm. including Miss Lara. <laughs> Feel free to come to the library. You know, we're going to watch Polar Express and have hot chocolate. Bring your pajamas, bring your stuffed animal. Oh, we're going to have game night. Come and show grandma how to play Hi-Ho Cherio. You know, it's something that you can come and do, and it's a way for you to interact with your family in a way that's new, but also building these early literacy skills and just a connection to each other. Um, A new program that we're starting in October that is also geared towards families, all ages all ages are welcome is we the third Sunday of the month we are going to have a ukulele program we had a ukulele program over the summer we had one for younger kids and one for teens and I had at least three adults approach me and say hey we would love something like this for adults so we've worked with the woman in charge her name is Kim and um, it'll be a once a month program she will come in she will teach basic skills and Anyone is welcome to come. Any age she has group. Extra, so if you yeah, don't have she your has own, kids. She oh, has that's extra awesome. ones. I but think we have like too. between ten and fifteen to use there available. Mm-hmm. So if you, it's not something where you have to purchase something, it, um, we have them. If there were too many people, we could share. But usually mm-hmm. we have plenty. And um, if you have one, bring your ukulele. If you don't, <laughs> then you can borrow a kit. And She's trying to keep it, she'll build skills each month, but if you're not mm-hmm. there before and you're brand new, then she'll work with you. And she usually has a few extra hands helping her out that can help you um, see what we're doing, learn it a little. And she's just gonna be teaching and having little jam sessions mm-hmm. with Jesus. the ukulele. That is cool. And I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a very fun program because it was very popular this it summer. Yeah, and we like that. the fact that we can offer it for for whole families, because it'll be something mm-hmm. fun and different a family can do together, again, on a Sunday afternoon, just to yeah. get out of the house and have fun. 
Oh, and that preschoolers cool. can hold a uke, and yeah. you know, ninety-year-olds can hold a ukulele. Yeah. So, yeah, That's anyone awesome. can try it. Yeah. And all of the, that programming schedule is on your website yes. again, right? Yes. MarianPublicLibrary.org. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And they're free also. I think that's important. Everything we offer is free. Mm -hmm. Yep. So before we end today's podcast, would you ladies mind sharing with our listeners what your favorite story time memory or book, either from when you were read to as a child or if you have kids, what you enjoy reading to them today with our listeners? I will say that one of my growing up Second grade was big for me. My second grade teacher was fabulous, and I do remember her reading stories. And I remember this is how old I am. We watched, you know, the film strip <laughs> after um, the book she read was *The Velveteen Rabbit*, and then we watched okay. the film strip of it. And that is to this day one of my favorite children's stories. And I, I that class and that reading time just had an impact on my life. Well, thanks, Jackie. Oh, so I have a two and a half year old and he's very opinionated at the moment. So he always picks out different stories and it's it's his choice. Whatever he chooses, we read. But um, <laughs> recently he's been really into the Little Bear books, which okay. um, I got one for him and I, I put a little book plate in that says, he'll always be my little bear because his name's Teddy. So that's oh. my little teddy bear. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I've been reading those to him and he loves he loves the birthday soup story, so he he gets very excited about the the cake at the end. So okay. that's been a nice. We snuggle up and read that one. <laughs> well, thanks, Olivia. That's I don't know if we have that, that book, but we'll have to oh, check. Oh, it's a classic. Okay. I bet you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, um, mine is slightly snarky, which kind of (laughs) mirrors my life a little bit. Um, As a 16-year-old working for the library, I was shelving books in the children's area and found the book Just Go to Bed by Maurice Meyer. And it's the Little Critter series. Mercer Mayer, sorry. Oh, sure. Mercer Mayer. And I went, oh my gosh, I remember this book, realizing that my parents used to read it to me as my bedtime story. And I immediately sat down in the middle of the aisle because, you know, library, (laughs) and promptly read this story and realized that it's all about the trials and tribulations of two parents desperately trying to get their little critter to go to bed. And I realized that maybe my parents were trying to subconsciously tell me something as a child. And it's realizing that the books that I loved are still available and can be shared again. And so even though I don't have children, my nieces and nephews may have never seen this book. And I will oftentimes have books just riding around in the backseat of my car on the off chance that my 10-year-old niece stops in and she goes, why do you have children's books in the back of your car? And I'm like, I'm a children's librarian. Why wouldn't I have children's books in the back of my car? And suddenly it's quiet. And with a teenager, that's never a good thing. But when I look in the rearview mirror, I realize they're reading my favorite books. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. And it, it's just because it was there. So sometimes it doesn't even matter what book you have. Make them available, mm-hmm. and a child will find it. And, you know, that may not always be the best thing, depending on what books you have lying around. But if you've got a book around, make it part of your purse. Make it in your car. Put it on your mm-hmm. coffee table. And oftentimes they will find them and they'll flip through them and you don't even realize just how connected they are to it. I think 
that brings about a point. A good story is a good story no matter how old you are. Yeah. One of my favorite things about reading books is we do preschool outreach also, and we go to several preschools in the area. And when I'm reading to the children and I hear the teacher in the background giggling, I <laughs> love that. That is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, so, Very cool. Thanks for sharing that, Laura. Yeah. Um, so in summary of today's podcast, we are visiting with the Marion Public Library librarians. And we are talking about our phonological awareness skill. And in parent terms, it is simply the ability to hear and play with smaller sounds and words and helping our children distinguish that and learn that so they can start building upon that. Uh, Libraries have wonderful resources besides just books. Um, as far as technology and programming that you can come to. And the librarians themselves, that was an excellent point that um, seek out your librarian and and pick their brain and ask them for that support. They're more than happy and willing to be there for you and as a resource for you and your family. So thank you so much, ladies, for coming today. I really appreciate you sharing your um, expert knowledge and information with us. And um, hope you come back and visit us soon. See you for (laughs) us.